The team over at Tonic DNA has come to the podcast to talk about the process of creating these wonderful Looney Tunes cartoons, along with their contributions to Space Jam and New Legacy. So, of course, you realize this means podcast. Are you ready, eager young space cadets? Where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. Hello, and welcome to Of Course You Realize This Means Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Graves, and with me today, it is my pleasure to bring to you Two of the minds behind Tonic DNA, they are working with the Looney Tunes to bring you new content in the form of the HBO Max series Looney Tunes cartoons, as well as bringing to life the characters in that feature film from 2021, Space Jam A New Legacy. They've also worked on Bob's Burgers the movie and Central Park, along with the newly released Disenchanted on Disney Plus currently. Please welcome to the show, L. Seguin and Todd Schaefer. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good. It's great to very, be here. Very good. Yeah, thanks for having us. Glad to have you. Glad to talk to you about these shorts, about bringing life back into the world of uh, Looney Tunes in this new way. It's it's retro, but it's got a modern sensibility with their humor and it's just always a joy to watch, especially the ones that you guys have worked on. So, Alan Seguin, let's start with you. You are the senior animator on Looney Tunes cartoons and uh, over at Tonic DNA, correct? That's right. Uh, among uh, a few others, I mean, I think uh, well, we have maybe four senior animators at Tonic. Uh, so, yeah, yeah okay, I'm, okay. One, I'm one among a great, great team. So, yeah. Yes, it is a wonderful team. And overseeing that team is... Todd Schaefer, who is the animation director on Looney Tunes cartoons. Is that correct? Yes. Wonderful. Obviously, I'm in love with these shorts. I love talking about them, and I think HBO Max is doing a, a decent job of promoting them. Uh, we get new trailers every once in a while when there's a new batch. But one of the first ones that you started off with was Dynamite Dance, which kind of like, you know, propelled this whole thing and was the big announcement of them doing retro style Looney Tunes. What was the process and how did that come about? Well, uh, Warner Brothers came to us uh, and this is the the project that uh, Pete, Pete and Alex put together and they're the real creative forces behind this and they wanted and what they pitched was the old school, old style Bob Clampett, Frizz Freeling kind of animation and sensibilities and you know to be very honest when we first heard it we thought we were very excited and but we didn't think it would stick <laughs> because <laughs> it was just too good to be true you know yeah uh, but fortunately you know they their their vision uh was carried through and we were able to do this retro style and we all just absolutely adore this kind of animation and that's pete Browngard and alex kerwan you're talking about over at warner brothers that's yeah. that's phenomenal. Um, what was it about these characters that have endured, and and what do you love about them that you got to work with? You don't see this kind of animation anymore. You get glimmers of it in some TV series, you know, perhaps, but yeah, you don't get the fullness of the animation that we can really explore and have fun with in uh, traditional 
animation because we're not we're not limited uh, in our animation on this where it's completely full animation and uh, we have the time to be able to really flesh this stuff out and just go crazy. Yeah, well, and Todd, it was most amazing. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to mention back. So back in the day, they had that they were doing everything hand drawn, and now you're w working with a computer. What was it like to like replicate the smears and like the, you know, the the periods of in betweens to get that old timey look? I was just wondering about that. But Alan, you can take that too. Uh, yeah. Well, that's that's called a dry brush often or a wipe, but more likely dry brush in uh, for Looney Tunes because. I think in the olden days, they literally would take a dry brush with paint and smudge it across the cell, right? To give that yeah. blur effect, right? <clears throat> so, yeah, we have an effects uh, expert that works at Tonic, uh, Geneviève Letourneau, who was phenomenal at her job. And they came up with a recipe, actually, to mimic the old Bob Clampett smears and stuff. So, uh, wow. it, it just takes a lot of, a lot of know-how and a lot of thinking um, and, but everything else is hand drawn. Like I work on a screen, but I worked for 17 years on paper. So to me, there's virtually no difference aside from more tools available to me and control Z. So just undoing a mistake is much faster than erasing and sharpening pencils and stuff. But uh, yeah, 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 about Dynamite, Dynamite Dance, uh, I don't want to diverge too much, but it was funny. I was doing, like I said, commercial animation for quite a while, right? Uh, Toucan Sam, Tony the Tiger, that kind of stuff. So it refined my animation skills, but then uh, in the early 2010s, there was kind of a dry spell when it comes to traditional animation, right? Right. So yeah. I, me, among many others, we had to go and seek other means of employment. And so I did storyboards, but I also did some 3D. So when I came back to Tonic, or I came to Tonic, uh, Todd was teasing me because I was there to be a supervising 3D guy. But Todd was like, come on, you got to come back in. you got to do this Looney Tunes short. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, I don't have the skills anymore. And it was really just like the mob pulling me back into traditional animation, right? Because <laughs> how could I resist working on Bugs Bunny? I mean, it's one thing to work on Toucan Sam, but Bugs Bunny? Come on. That's where the yeah. grit is. That's where the style is, right? So I couldn't resist. And that was my first foray back into tr traditional. Uh, so I couldn't let it go ever since that. So thanks a lot, Todd. I'm stuck yeah. now. Aren't you happy that I muscled you back in? <laughs> Actually, yeah, I wouldn't change a thing. Uh, See, okay, so remember that in the future, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the timing was just perfect because Dynamite Dance came out just on the edge of 2019 and right before, like, the the entire surge of Looney Tune, uh, like, the u universe came together to celebrate Bugs Bunny's 80th birthday, and that was a big celebration for the brand. And you guys were, like, right there uh, with all of these shorts that dropped in March of that year, uh, 2020. So coming on and, and bringing that style of animation back and really propelling, you know, the love of the classics, what was it, to, what was it like to have such influence over what, what people were going to see with these and and did you have any ideas that were added added to like post storyboard or post script that you were like oh i wanted to like have this character do this or uh have a move have a movement that was uh similar yeah to the old well, well pete and alex are very specific and clear in their boards and they they really run those things through the ringer so by the time it gets to us they know exactly what they want um and 
you know, sometimes there'll be sequences where they, they've really done a lot of work to prep exactly what they want. And other, other times they're a little more free. And so, you know, it, it just depends on which, which part we get, but you know, it, it's our job to, to bring their vision to life and follow their vision. Yeah. The- and uh, we have, we have some liberties, like you get the animatic and you're like, wow, this is really tight. And they even send us poses specific to the scene that are like a little bit on the Ren and Stimpy exaggerated crazy stuff, right? Um, which are done usually by wow. Dan Haskett. So I don't know if you know Dan Haskett, but an excellent artist. Um, so we don't have that much wiggle room, but when we do, we add as much as we possibly can as animators because we love it, right? It's like, yeah. it's, again, it's not a, just a scene that I got to do. It's instead, it's something that we absolutely love and we, we want to put our heart and soul into it. Um, so Big big League Beast, for example, I did this scene where he takes a big hammer and smashes the foot, right? We got a brand new selection of kicks that just came in this week. Let's get you sized for food. <laughs> My goodness, what adorable little feet you got there, Mac. I did all sorts of flourishes as Bugs Bunny speaks and, and uh, expands about his, the issue, right? So this was not in the storyboard and the response is always, wow, thanks for adding that kind of flair to it. And I know Guillaume Blackburn, who's another guy, Tonic, senior animator, very, very good animator, who um, just, uh, if he can, he'll add tippy-toeing, he'll add just any kind of flair that he possibly can. And that's just, it just shows that the animators love what they're doing instead of just going through with a job, so. And I know the fans love it too. Like those little moments are definitely highlighted in clips that I see reposted all over social media. So, you know, kudos to the team for finding those little moments where they can add. And I'm, I'm glad you guys are, are there to oversee it. That's exciting. Um, what What is it like having Eric Bauza present you a track that is, you know, for Bugs Bunny and then you get to work with that? Like, that whole process, what's what's so special about it, or or what make what makes it unique to other shows? Uh, well, geez, for one, how come Mel Blank is back? That's crazy, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> so how, how modern day Mel? Yeah, because I've heard, not to diss other uh, voice actors, but like he really nails it. After having seen attempts over the years, he is like on the ball, right? So. Uh, what a what a luxury I find is to animate to his voice to because we hit we're hitting those accents we're hitting those exaggerations and he's delivering for us you know there's it's a back and forth with the voice actor and the and an animator uh, we get deeply intimately knowledgeable about their voice because we're repeating it ad nauseum all day right as we animate yeah. over it because as you know animation is a very uh, meticulous and slow process and a lot of rehashing right so i think i hear his voice a thousand times a day i gotta say you know so <laughs> when it's a good voice it's it's such a pleasure he's so done 50 percent of your job right hey yes actually yeah. <laughs> he is a major so you should part be, of my you should be animating 50 percent faster then <laughs> oh no look at him he's already got the whip out <laughs> I was just wondering if you dream in his voice, like all the characters uh, in your dream probably sound exactly like Eric Bowser yeah. voices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what a thing it is. I, we did a podcast with him recently, and uh, I was just talking about how it was really fun to animate, animate Daffy for me because he's one of my favorites. And then he thanked me in Daffy's voice, which was the most surreal thing I've ever heard. Because what am I talking to a cartoon? It was awesome. I love that guy. He's so funny, too. 
He's great. And uh, yeah, big shout out to Eric Bauza and all the work he's doing over there because he's voicing, I think, half of the characters. <laughs> um, so that's wonderful. And uh, for you, Todd, what, what's it like working with this team over at Tonic and bringing these characters to, you know, to the forefront and getting to touch the, the rare characters like Pete Puma, uh, which you guys did in uh, Puma Problems? Um, he returns. Uh, and, you know, it's it's wonderful to see these classic characters get the reinvigoration of this franchise uh, through this car- through the series. Uh, what was that like? Well, we've been uh, we've been building our team for a while, and I've worked with some of these animators for many many years now. Al Al and I have worked together for over twenty years. So, yep. um, oh, wow. So we've we've got a really tight team. We know each other. I know the animators very well. I know their strengths and their weaknesses, and what they like to do. And so that's that's always helpful to really know your team and when you've been working with them so long, but it gives us an opportunity to go back into the old uh, shows and analyze, okay, how did they animate these characters? You know, even the personality of the animators come through. And so we're looking at what, what kind of animators did they have on there that was bringing something unique to this and how can we sort of rebuild that? And that's part of Pete and Alex's, uh, you know, uh, their, uh, their attempt to remain faithful to that that kind of that era of production because there are some things that they've done which are sort are out of I would say it's not normal in most productions for example and, and it's great and 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 you got to really love these guys for this they don't care about continuity because they didn't really care about continuity back when they were making these things right you can see continuity problems all over the place. And so they don't mind that they're, they're focused mm-hmm. on the performance. What, what is the audience seeing and feeling rather than really spelling out all the continuity? So continuity, the, everything's framed close, just the way the old shows were really framed close to the animation. So it was big enough on the, on the screen. And um, they also like to have the personality of their animators and their artists to be different throughout, because you can see in the old stuff, there's not a lot of continuity in models sometimes. And so they're okay with that to a certain degree. And so that's, that's really interesting to see that built into a production that's done today. Yeah. To Absolutely. add to that um, is yeah, go ahead. sometimes uh, we're too precise in the modern age because animating on the computer, you get to really zoom in to a crazy degree, right? So everything starts looking really crisp. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with Klaus, but that, that almost looks like 3D. It's so perfect, right? And that's fine yeah. to achieve for that, uh, try to achieve that. But when we're doing Bob Clampett and we get that clean and that precise, we're actually off track. So uh, it's oh. funny to see that uh, Todd and Warner Brothers are telling us, okay, don't copy paste. Don't use the tools that are so readily available. Try to always stick to the almost error ridden uh, old style, you know, so it's it's yeah. really funny to see that like it's so faithful to the Bob Clampett stuff. It's really beautiful, actually. It really is. And I think that's why it's so endearing and, and refreshing to see, because we haven't seen that style in somewhat 60 years. And it's really great that there is this admiration for it online. And, you know, as soon as I share or come across um, a clip from the Looney Tunes cartoons, I know that there's a lot of praise for this team and for the work that's being done that is 
showing the new team, like the new era of animation, like how it used to be done and how it could be done now. And I hope that that does have some influence going forward. Yeah. I, I, th I think that would be phenomenal. Yeah, and Cutout is, uh, we, we can't dismiss Cutout because I think that's part of life now. Mm -hmm. uh, the puppet, more puppet style traditional animation. There was sort of a new wave of traditional animation, especially at post-Klaus, uh, that I think is going to bring back a lot of the the feel behind uh, these sorts of traditionally animated things that people can start start to appreciate that rather than the pristine and clean versions that Cutout offers and also 3D, you know? So um, totally. I, I think that's great. The people can can appreciate the, the handcrafting that's happening with uh, traditional animation. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you also did... Uh, work on Space Jam and that had its own unique flair and had this, you know, live action animation hybrid production. Was there, which came first for you guys? Was it Space Jam and then Looney Tunes cartoons or was it vice versa? It was, it was in the middle. So first, oh, first came Looney Tunes and then Space Jam and then we did some more Looney Tunes. Okay. And so for having a character interact with a live action counterpart, what was needed to make that believable? Oh, well, um, precise video that's accurate. And so we animate directly onto the, the video in our software uh, to make things. And we're, we're, we're working in ones uh, when we're with live action, just so that we have all the matting and everything that looks right. And it's not strobing. So um, it's, it's a lot of work trying to mimic and especially in that we did like the Mad Max sequence. And so the camera's moving around. And so we have to follow that a little bit and do some tracking and this and that. But, you know, we, we do the animation and then it goes to clean up and then ink and paint. And then they had their own compositors that would, we also did the tone. So we are, we are also very conscious of the lighting. And so we, we designed the, the, um, all the shadows and highlights to integrate, to help integrate. But then the final integration happens with the comp, which was being done at Warner Brothers, I believe. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And that Warner that Mad Max sequence is phenomenal, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that thanks. was fun. Yeah. It was a fun sequence. Yeah, it's the, awesome. Uh, and it's I would have to say it's twice the work for an animator to do uh, onto rotoscoping or rotoprinting. Uh, because I, had, I did the scene where Bugs Bunny is driving in the car and... Usually you just do like a little bit of jittering, bouncing, but at this in this one I had to keep track of how much the steering wheel was turning and it was on one. So it's a, it's so many drawings, right? And you're jittering and then you have to bounce according to the live action car. So yeah, it's a lot to keep track of, but the result is amazing. So I don't regret it at all. Your, your work is noticeable and I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. As a fan. And um, yeah, so... I, I guess that was a different team as well. So what is the consistency with working with Looney Tunes between different projects? They're all different, uh, to be honest, um, okay. especially between Space Jam. It was a different style, different design, different era, and different directors wanting different things for the show. So the, the whole tonality was different, so it, it did change. And we had to actually unlearn some of the stuff that we were learning, you know, because you, you're drawing one way, Bugs, and then you got to adjust. To this new way of drawing bugs which can be hard to transition sometimes so um, 
yeah. so it's it, it's it's working for two two different things. But we're used to that because we've been we work on all kinds of projects. We also we've done lots of commercials uh, yeah. over the years, and so things are constantly changing. Um, so we're we're sort of getting used to the chaos. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that title always wins. How does he do it? Bugs Bunny from the old Bob Clampett uh, to the uh, Space Jam one. Bob Clampett was almost a, it's almost more feral in his attitude and his behavior as well, but also his appearance. He has this more sloped forehead, uh, and a- animalistic eyes, like they're they're more uh, sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, and he behaves in a way that's more uh, almost more sadistic. <laughs> and then you look at uh, the Space Jam books, but he's a lot more cool, a lot more uh, sarcastic. Um, and his appearance is much different. It's got the, the Chuck Jones sort of uh, wide cheeks, you know, instead of the poofy rounded ones. Um, so, yeah, it's like Todd says, it's virtually a different project altogether. So you want me, a talking cartoon bunny, to play with you, an NBA superstar, in a high-stakes basketball game? Sounds awfully familiar. Yeah, I, th- I think the the different tonalities definitely come across, and and they work for the individual project that they're being used for. And just on on a basic level, uh, just wanted to give like Tonic DNA is based out of Montreal, Canada. And you guys do 2D, 3D, motion design, stop motion, and VFX, along with, you know, blending animated characters along with live action. Like, you guys do it all. What part of the animation process is your favorite? Oh, wow. Um, Well, I'm not a fan of cleanup, personally. (laughs) (laughs) I would say that's that's the hardest. Uh, but it's very important. So, you know, it's very technical. It's very important to maintain what we've done so we haven't lost it. Um, but I love all the processes. But obviously, okay. I'm an animator okay. and I'm an animation director. So my heart is mainly in animation itself. But from storyboarding to um, to background and, and then compositing, you know, it's, it's all wonderful because every stage has its own magic that has its own excitement. Yeah, that's great. Oh, yeah, for me, uh, it's my my favorite part has got to be uh, the rough animation stage where you're just exploring, you're being as creative as possible, and using movements because movement uh, people dismiss it as like uh, as something that okay, fine, things move, but it's it's got so many principles behind it, so much physics, so much thought. The nine old men from Disney uh, expounded on it. There's so much thinking behind it, and I love that puzzle solving. But I mean, being in commercials, you got to do everything. You have it's a boot camp, so you have to do the de- design, storyboard, uh, all the way down. To, I did cleanup for most of my scenes when I started animation, so uh, I've done all the disciplines. And I think my second favorite would probably be designing. Uh, so designing new characters, which I, I had a small part to to play in Disenchanted for design, but uh, that that to me is fascinating as well. But if you were to force me to do only one, it'd be the rough animation. Because it's the most fun. Okay, cool. I love that answer. And yeah, you guys uh, recently worked on Disenchanted. Uh, do you want to tell the tell the audience a little bit about that project and and what was um, what was it like bringing that world to life? Because I know that they go into the the full animated realm of the fairy tale side of it. That was a different animal altogether. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
We did about 14 minutes of animation, which is all the the animation in the movie. We were were able to do the start from the storyboarding stage, doing the animatics, designing the new characters, uh, updating the old characters so that they they felt true to the old characters. But, Mm -hmm. you know, given that it's been so many years and the the new characters, I mean, the the new actors, not the new actors, the old actors were, um, you know, they're aging a little bit. So we wanted the director wanted us to sort of update them just a little bit so that when we transition from the animation to the live action, there's some continuity there. Um, but, um, it was, it was hard because it's, it's, it's human animation. And even though there was human animation in distant in enchanted many years ago, it didn't have the direct continuity between the, um, the animated world and the live action world that we have in this, in this one. And the story was also different. It was more subtle. It was it was written more for, as if it was um, uh, live action, right? So mm-hmm. it was a live action performance that we were basically being handed to animate, um, which was fine. It was a great challenge, but it's a different challenge to have that level of animation um, in human characters with that subtlety. Uh, not everybody can do it. We can have really good animators, but they just can't make that transition into that. So it, it reduced the talent pool for us. Um, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. We loved challenges. And um, it was it was really an exciting thing to be a part of. Yeah, and it was really fun to see James Marsden and Adina Mandel in that animated world because we didn't get to see Adina last time uh, animated. So it was really unique to you know, to get that whole new design level of her and her performance in that animated world and how that, you know, built upon what she was doing in the first film. So that was cool. Yeah. And so I want to go back to Daffy and Porky uh, because (laughs) we're we're here to talk Looney Tunes. So let's go back to Looney Tunes. Uh, You guys had a big hand in Graveyard Goofs. This was the Halloween special that came out at the tail end of October. And again, if you haven't seen... I, I don't. If, if you're listening to this, you've probably seen the Halloween episode of Looney Tunes cartoons. Uh, but they did Graveyard Goofs, and Todd, having the just the the wonderful voice talent of Bob Bergen and Eric Bauza doing these characters in a haunted cemetery. How fun was this? This this was incredibly fun. It, this was actually what I I consider this one our greatest our, our finest hour. Um, the animators really stepped up and it was a beautiful project to be a part of. So it, it, all the stars aligned on this one. Yeah. Elaine, what about you? Oh, I, I mirror his response for sure, because uh, like not everybody in the world gets to just smile and when they get to their job, you know, but yeah. here I am animating Porky and Daffy freaking out in a cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how fun is that? Right. And, Ah, oh, the the competence of Warner Brothers special poses and the animatics, it's so sky high, and they love what they're doing as well. So the whole thing is a is a tumble effect, a snowball effect of everybody loving what they're doing. The result is an episode that is really really great. I'm super proud of that. Um, I don't know if you remember watching cartoons in the '90s, but you'd have been, <laughs> like I'm I'm just I'll use Ghostbusters as an example. You're watching Ghostbusters, and then suddenly there's an episode. They're like what is going on? Why is this so good now? And then <laughs> then the next episode is terrible. Well, 
I have a feeling that Graveyard Goofs is one of those really good ones, and it's not to boast or anything, but it's because everybody loved working on it. That's wonderful. And you also got to animate the Grim Reaper in there as well, <laughs> yeah. and he's he's a wonderful addition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I only did one shot of him, which was, uh, and it's very different the way that I did my shot, which is uh, very serious and very foreboding when he just rises, you know, and he's supposed yeah. to be scary and you got those little wings that are kind of cute, but also like, whoa, is an angel of death here. So <laughs> it was fun to do that kind of foreboding thing and then go back to uh, Daffy and Porky freaking out. I did the shot where they uh, they go almost into the camera with their take, you know, and yes. then they <laughs> so it's, it's like the juxtaposition of the serious tone and then the wacky tone is just so wonderful. That squash and pool of their faces, I thought, was really unique and definitely stood out as as a highlight for sure. Yeah. Well, were there any inspirations that you guys took from the early 40s cartoons? Because I, I feel like I've seen that, you know, the skeletons coming up in that pattern before, but I can't place it. Was, it, was that all unique, though? There was a skeleton dance that's been done before in Warner Brothers. And uh, that was actually one of our references that we, we pulled apart and looked at to to help us with that so so that we were true to that era that yeah thing. it's almost a parody of it right yeah nice but you know to me it reminded me a lot of the uh abbott and costello oh yeah as well you know with the heart which is which is th those are just a riot as well so uh it had that sensibility yeah and it's as timeless as those i think yeah. i'll be watching this for many many years and it'll be a constant highlight for my halloweens so thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> also like you got to think about the writing behind these right because yeah. it's really exceptional writing like it's rare that i'm going to work on a cartoon an animated show and i'm laughing out loud it's it's just because i guess uh you know it, it never tickles the right funny bone but in this one or all of the looney tunes we worked on it's funny and that's yeah. rare for a gag-oriented show now, because you you know you you grow up and you get jaded. But <laughs> this is all so, <laughs> such good writing. So uh, I'm not sure who wrote that. You you probably tell me actually. But uh, kudos to that Andy, guy or that girl. Andy Andy Gonzalez that we had on the podcast as well. Oh, it was him. He's great. Yeah. So like the comedy joined the artistic team. See what I mean by everybody loved every part of it. So yeah. it, it, the result was such a nice episode. I think the writing has a lot to do with it, too. It really does. And going back to the initial storyboards that you guys get and just, you know, the, the level of comedy is unmatched, I think, in modern storytelling and cartoons. Um, one last question I have for you both is about explosions. So when you're doing an explosion, I'm imagining you're only getting like a big like uh, pencil sketch and you have to fill that in. Are you allowed to do whatever you want with these explosions or is it very meticulous on what colors to use and like how big or do you have more freedom with those? Uh, I, I think it's a mix. You know, sometimes like on Dynamite Dance, that was all there was was explosion, explosion, explosion. So we we sort of cut our teeth on Alex and uh, uh, Pete's uh, sensibilities on that. We did look at a lot of explosions and we had certain references for this kind of explosion, that kind of explosion, whatever. So they were they were particular in some cases because sometimes they do provide color uh, images for us that we have to follow as well. Um, so 
they they were particular about the kinds of explosions. But within that, you know, there there was some variation. I think Genevieve, who supervised all the effects, she would tell you that, you know, she was able to have a little freedom there to do what she does. That's great because they felt 3D when I watched them. Yeah, uh, especially in Dynamite Dance, like it feels yeah. layered, which yeah. is really nice and uh, yeah. brings you into the cartoon even more. Yeah. Well, Todd, Elaine, thank you so much for sitting down with me. If there's somebody out there that is very interested in animation and wants to get their start and they live in Canada, uh, where can they go to uh, to check that out? Where can they find Tonic DNA? TonicDNA.com. <laughs> so the very information simple. will be there. Our, our HR department is really good and they they... they check all the submissions they figure out where we are because we have so many productions going on i've lost track of all the productions we're doing um and they will get it to the right person where there's our, where there's a need and uh the supervisors there will review um the material so don't worry about your stuff getting lost you know you know our team at our hr team is really good at, at ingesting um those looking for work yeah, and Tonic is a is a good um, a good place to be mentored as well. Often, so uh, if you're a junior animator and you have an interest in things like the Looney Tunes, it's a fantastic place to be. I've been working with Todd for so long, and I'll follow him anywhere. So it's a really really fun dynamic group uh, with very little ego, which is, matters a lot. So um, and another thing, if you like graveyard goofs, we're working on something right now. It'll blow your socks off. So just stay tuned on that one. Ooh, a tease. (laughs) (laughs) I love those. (laughs) Uh, Todd, Elaine, do you want people to find you online? And if so, where can they find you? Uh, I have a website, toddschafer.com. I generally put stuff there that's relevant to what I'm doing. But, you know, I'm so busy. I haven't, I don't update it all that much. Yeah, and uh, you can cool. find me on Instagram at alain.seguin. Um, I have, a lot of people actually already communicate with me about Looney Tunes, so <laughs> you'd be Wonderful. joining them. But I, I respond to everything, so go for it. <laughs> awesome. We're at, can... we're at Tonic DNA on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. LinkedIn's a good place to reach us as well. Awesome. Thank you, Max. And you can follow the podcast over at This Means Pod on Facebook, OFC This Means Pod on Twitter directly. Uh, while it's still around. (laughs) Who knows how long it's going to be around at this point. Yes, thank you both for sitting down with me and discussing this wonderful process of bringing Looney Tunes back to life uh, through the wonderful work that you guys are doing over there. So thank you for your time. And as my audience knows, that's not all, folks. (laughs) Bring it in, fellas. Here's my 10-piece living room set. And look, my new cactus arrangement, my barbed wire of the mud club, and those free-range piranha I've been waiting for.